0: Two o'clock hour is here. Feels like old times. We were doing the show two to six. Today we're one to four, one to four, one to four. Same tomorrow as we're going to get out of the way for the evening slate of NCAA tournament games. Cofield, Adam Hill, Curtis Terry is here with us. Silver Sevens. We're watching all the games. As, uh, I don't know if Adam has a bet on Gonzaga or the other nah, side. No, uh, you did you who, Did you bet Norfolk State? I did. What was that plus?
1: Uh, it was 20. I got 22 and a half, which is a great number. That's why I took it. But... Um, It was more just. I, I mean, I guess in retrospect, I shouldn't have counted on Scott Jr. to do something smart, but um, they have six guys. Oh, you're saying you thought they would just like kind why of. Why on earth are they playing pull up off the gas 24 medal? points with yeah. six minutes? Of, why are you in the game? Why are you trying to win by 37 points? You've yeah. got six players. Whatever.
2: Because if they don't play movie. those guys, they might lose.
1: There were t- but they're up 24 with six minutes left. Take him out. Crazy things. About that, was, that was my entire – that's the entire reason I'm – I was like – That was your handicap. He has thing. to be smart enough to not play anybody in the second half of the game if they're up 20 when they only have six players. But he played them, so what are you going to do?
0: Nice. 85-49 final. Uh, top seed Baylor in the East advances by 36 against Norfolk State. All right, we got a lot of basketball to get to. A lot of basketball, but i got to hit a couple of football points before we get back to the NCAA tournament. One, we had big news earlier today. Allen Robinson to the Rams. What? What's going on here? Where are all these big receivers that all the bloggers said the Raiders were getting?
1: <laughs> I, I, what the hell's happening here? I didn't see anybody say that, so I can't fire back at them. Um, yeah, I mean, Allen Robinson would have been a great target probably. Probably would have fit very well what they want to do. The but- the, the Rams!
0: Every time they sign someone big, what do we say? how how yeah there there is no
1: salary cap for the rams and the chiefs well the chiefs we talked about when they did the mahomes deal they did a really smart deal of making it very you know very flexible and obviously they just redid some contracts to make sure that they had some money cleared um i mean it's everybody i mean it's you know we talk about that the bills had no cap space they couldn't sign anybody they said well they have to cut a bunch of guys and they're over the cap and how are they going to sign any free agents and then they go and they sign von miller um there is there is a cap, but there is a lot of flexibility. There's a lot of things you can do to move around and have some have some momentum and have some excuse me, not momentum. Have some uh, flexibility in terms of how you handle it. At some point, you're going to pay the bill. Like we've seen, t- like the Saints right now are paying a bill. And I saw somebody say, "Oh, the Saints! Look at all the cap room they have. Yeah, they don't have a quarterback under contract. It's easy to get under the cap, but you don't have a quarterback." But Adam, you have
0: to admit, if they can maneuver this to get Deshaun Watson. On that team yeah. and move forward from here. They may take a little hit this year and not be a great team, but again, to me the cap is about who can manage the cap, the geniuses around the league who can finagle it. Yeah, And when you have other teams who are like we you know we're we're restrained or constrained by the cap. You are, okay, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. The Saints get Deshaun Watson, that's a freaking miracle. Seattle doesn't have a quarterback, Curtis. <laughs> well they do, it's Drew Locke. <laughs> Russell Wilson, are you really sad? No. Why? Why would I be sad? he does had him for another 10 years. It, it was good while
2: it lasted. you got to let him go. We'll see you on your way out. Wow. I mean, what, what else can we do? I mean, he clearly he didn't want to be there for a while. As a Seahawks fan, I feel like we, you let him go now before we get ourselves in, in further hot water. Um, I mean, now it's time to kind of pseudo-rebuild is what we're going to do. I just think from my personal standpoint, uh, months ago I was saying if we're going to let him go, you might as well let Pete Carroll go too and kind of clean house and start over with the whole philosophy and the whole culture. Uh, because now you're going to let Pete Carroll come in and get your new quarterback and kind of get some more young guys. But, I mean, but how long is his voice? Literally, how long is his voice going to be around? <laughs> yeah. um, he's just because he's he's an older gentleman, and so I feel like at some point you got to you got to clean the slate and, and try to start over. But
0: Russ, go on and uh, good luck in the in the AFC West. Does it matter to you as a check that check that what NFC West? No,
1: Russell Wilson's in the AFC West. Oh, okay, yeah.
0: I was. I, I always go back to Seattle yeah. with the AFC West. No. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Good well, luck to uh, Russ with Denver.
1: No, does it matter to you as a fan? Like, there's this whole, you know, narrative now of well, he wanted out, and the team says no, no, he wanted. You know, the team says he wanted out. Russell Wilson says no, they wanted me out. Like, does it matter to you how that happened? No, they, they we they
2: both wanted out. I mean, it's it's like they just enough's enough, but nobody wanted to say it. Yeah, and so I think it eventually happened. He he clearly, I mean, his whole thing was like he wants to go to the bigger market, right? Because Sierra's this mega star
1: um, outshines him. I'm going to start talking trash about Russell Wilson now. No, thank you for the Super Bowl. What did you think about her dress yesterday? It was very nice though. He had the he had the you know the orange compliment to his suit. She had the orange dress on. Orange is such a funny color, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's.
2: Yeah, he, he wanted to go. I mean, again, I think one big thing is when Bobby Wagner, they didn't kind of handle that situation well in terms of letting him know, but he's his own agent. And so I think that those things are nobody's ever going to be happy with how you handle those situations. But, again, I mean, I think they did him a, a solid by letting him go now, and you put him <laughs> in the spot where he can be super successful and win three to four Super
1: Bowls when he's just, first of all, got to get out of the AFC West. A lot, A lot going on with a lot of teams around the league. Well, let me jump in here. Yeah.
0: So Curtis is going to stick with the Seahawks. Of course. He's not going to jump to the Broncos to follow his guy. No. We do know fans. We know fans of players who will jump to new teams. We knew a guy who jumped with Tom Brady everywhere, right? <laughs> um, you love Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. You will come back to this and say Did you, you don't you don't root for a team because you cover the Raiders. Yeah, I don't have a team. But down deep, you have a team It's yeah, the Giants. It's, it's Did you stop. already buy
2: your Jets your Giants jersey?
0: No, I'm Dolphins guy now. I
1: mean, I don't have a team. I honestly.
0: forgot he's a he's a Dolphins guy because of his connection to Yale and Mike McDaniel, who that that we still haven't gotten that whole thing. I, we won't have time today, but well, he know I, I mean, so Mike McDaniel over Tyrod. Yeah, you spent ten years polluting the I don't show have a team. with Ty God stuff, and now you're not going to just just
1: a little bit. I didn't have a I didn't little tug at the heart. You know, sure, I, I would I would love to see him Giants? play well for the Giants. Be great. I would you love to see you him. will be. If he's will, the starter, they're my I favorite team that week. I will
0: tell you right now, to the audience, watch how hard this year. Because you've always been hard on him for good reason. Watch how hard Daniel Jones is graded week to week by Adam yeah.
1: Hill. How could he be worse? I mean, how could I grade him any t- He's terrible. You can, you can. He's not an NFL quarterback. He's terrible. How could he be graded worse than, I, than he already is? I mean, that's a, that's silly. He belongs nowhere near starting in the NFL.
0: Uh, latest score updates: Gonzaga twenty-three up in their one sixteen game. Uh, you know, twenty-three. It's tied. They're not up twenty-three. No, twenty-three apiece. Yeah. sorry, 23. 23. Yeah, you're right. Twenty-three up is kind of weird talk. Um, you know, we've had Fran McCaffrey on. He's he's a good interview. He he can be infuriating though, uh, when you watch Iowa basketball. He's sure. kind of a villain. They're losing with three minutes left here, or three forty-five left. Yeah. What, what's 334, the latest?
1: Thirty-four. Richmond ball up four. Oh um, yeah. Well, it's again we talked about four matchups right it's matchups are what matters in the tournament um I don't know that Fran McCaffrey has ever in his entire career uh taught a half-court offense and that's pretty evident by watching the game today and Richmond is going to make you play in a half-court offense and that's what's happening I thought I would still be able to get enough or to have enough to get by and maybe they still will they have the ball back now after uh getting a stop against Richmond so We'll see if they can survive this, but they have no idea what to do in the half-court offense. And there they finally post up and get a basket instead of chucking a 35-foot-three. You know, get Keegan Perry the ball. I don't think he's had a shot since the first half. A shot attempt, not a shot make. Now, Adam's getting frustrated.
0: I will not. I picked Iowa in one of my brackets to go really far. I don't care. I don't like Iowa. I don't like most of you Iowans. Uh, You're annoying, uh, especially with the football program and your boy Chris Doyle. Um, but could I make the argument that in some ways, making a run in your conference tournament can actually be a hindrance when you get to the NCAA tournament in terms of having fresh legs, Curtis? Oh, for sure. It could be a little bit detrimental to you, for sure. I mean, if you don't got the legs. I made the, I made the ill-advised decision
2: to go with Boise State for some <laughs> odd reason. Everything, everything in my body said, don't do it. But the only reason I did, because I trusted less in Memphis than I did in Boise State and they almost had enough in them in the second half to come back and get it. Um, but like you mentioned, I mean, Adam, I think uh, it's about matchups. It's also about point guard play, and I think that's a big thing that, that you didn't see with Boise State. I've been saying that all along. But even then again with, with Iowa, I think that's where they lack in terms of being able to get those easy buckets when it
1: comes to half court. And if you're going to break down the long run of the conference tournament, Richmond had a longer run of their conference tournament and uh, needed it just to get into the tournament, oh, wow. Uh, you actually give him the ball and he scores. It's amazing. Um but, you know, Keegan Murray's going off. Yeah. Well, he wasn't. He didn't. He never shot a for over 20 minutes in the game, which is nuts. Um, but yeah, uh, Richmond had a deep run. They have a bunch of seniors on their team. I think seven of their top eight are seniors and they needed this to get in. It was a disappointing season for them, but they made a long run of their conference tournament made it into the tourney and now they're making some noise and the other thing people can't they can't i mean just just gloss over on is
2: emotion the emotion that goes into the ncaa tournament games i mean colorado state this morning got off to a hot start, right i mean but again they're they're colorado state um michigan knew who they were um they're the the bigger they're clearly the better team but I think a lot of these guys, they kind of feel some of this pressure. And these teams that are supposed to win, like Iowa, you're supposed to come out and win. Richmond's like, hey, we're just happy to be here to a degree. Um, I mean, you even saw that in the Boise game when you got those Gonzaga fans kind of from Pacific Northwest jumping on the bandwagon trying to rally them. So there's a lot of different things that go into the element of feeling the atmosphere of an t- NCAA tournament game. Uh, but again, I think the, the better teams typically end up winning in, in these early rounds if the, as long as they can settle in.
0: CSU was up 28-13 in the first half, and Deshaun Thomas, who can shoot the three but shouldn't shoot nine of them, um, he got off to a good start. They wound up losing by 12. They faded. Boise came out slow. They made a run, but they didn't have enough at the end. I thought Wyoming looked tired in the game against Indiana. Graham Ike looked really tired at the end of the season. I don't want to lay these one-off spots at the feet of someone, but I do have to say... The Mountain West Conference because of their TV deals is so beholden to the TV schedule. You had a lot of teams in the Mountain West Conference, especially some of the good ones, play like 7 games in 19 days in February. I thought they all looked tired yeah. in the Mountain West Conference tournament. And I also thought that's why I mean, it's a good defensive league, but every game doesn't have to be 50-50 with a minute left. I think it carried over into this tournament. I don't I don't these first 3 games I thought in different spots, all of them looked like their gas tank was empty.
2: Yeah, and the Mountain West didn't do themselves any favors with that scheduling. I mean, the, the good thing when you look at it from UNLV's standpoint, they had that early that stretch was late was it mid to late January, yep. and they had that long stretch. So they, and then
0: when did they play well? Most of February.
2: Yeah, they, when they, the, game was, they, the games were on a normal schedule, and they got their chance to get their legs back. I mean, these other teams though, but then you mentioned the 50-50 scores. I mean, the Mountain West teams are they're, they're historically known to play good defense. Obviously, San Diego State kind of started that trend. Uh, But again, the thing that lacks in tournament time is it comes down to a possession game And you've got to be able to get have someone to get you into a half-court set like Adam said so that way you can score But again, San Diego State is probably gonna struggle doing that I think uh, to be able to score in a half-court set consistently Boise clearly struggled Wyoming as good as Maldonado is He is not a point guard That's why he has to back down from three-quarter court to try to get to a post up And I think that's the problem that a lot of these teams see is they don't have a point guard that can run the show and get their team easy buckets
0: Coming up, we'll get into a little more of the San Diego State game. We'll also uh, break down more of the games from this morning in the NCAA tournament. Again, if you want to hear games right now, they're over on our sister station, 1230 a.m. We'll get out of the way at 4 o'clock today, 1 to 4, Cofield & Company at Silver 7. You can go over to uh, 1230
3: a.m. to hear the games. Enjoy Bud Light, Budweiser, and Michelob Ultra for just 77 cents during all NFL games at the William Hill Racing and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company.
0: we got a 12 about to take out a 5. Big 10. Conference sucks! <laughs> no, that's... Don't react to one-offs. I know people are freaking out about the Mountain West and a lack, a lack of success early on. Iowa, a 5 is about to be knocked out. It's 65-61. Iowa ball, five point five seconds
1: left. So what happened down the stretch here? Well, what I mean, obviously Richmond free throws that was key. They had a lead, they built it, they were able to stay ahead. But uh, what will be discussed the most is, and I I've talked about this phrase time and time and time again. And I'd love to get Curtis's thoughts. But when you hear people say, "Down the stretch, let the kids decide the game." If anybody ever says that to you, look in their face and say, you are a moron. <laughs> That's it's fair. the dumbest phrase in the history of sports. It's it, it. What does it mean? You're not supposed to call things down the stretch? So for those that weren't watching, Iowa is down three with 58 seconds left. They're trying to mount a comeback. They get an open look from the wing. The closeout runs out and just destroys the guy's elbow. The shot goes about halfway to the rim. The ref's standing there looking. He's like, does that play on thing no don't play on what are you talking about like you can't you have to make that call and uh i'm, I'm looking we have the uh, the closed captioning on so we don't hear it but the the announcers are going nuts saying how you're right there like this is not a questionable ah, i don't know that's close maybe like it was a clear obvious foul on a three-point attempt now who knows if iowa makes the free throws who knows how it plays out but instead of a potentially tied game uh, Richmond then goes up five with a minute left and it's a completely different ball game so the referees in letting the guys decide the game on the floor decided the game themselves which is not acceptable and in this and, is, and uh, listen in the end you're gonna get an upset people are gonna love it they're gonna be happy about it um but that's that can't happen and that's why you know again again to most people that's fun to see an upset but I, I just I'd rather see the game determined by the players. That's not really an upset. I mean, that's that's the referees deciding to call or not to call it. That's clearly it that was
2: clearly a foul on that play. Yeah, there's no, there's For not sure. a dispute.
1: Yeah, there's not a question. And then, then here they call a foul on an inbounds, which was a foul. Uh, but if you're not going to call the other one, why not just let them push on the inbounds? Like, right? I mean, let them let them play it out the way they want to. If we're going to let them play, hey, anything goes. Then let it go. I can't
2: – I'm with you. I can't even rebut that. I think that's the hardest thing, though. I mean, for referees and for players as well and coaches, I mean, games are – they're called differently from not just game to game but from half to half yeah. and possession to possession. And I think that's where you're like, well, what are we supposed to do? Like, they hit, they can touch us on the elbow when, when we shoot, but we can't do it to them. <laughs> right. um, like, how, how are we supposed to know where we can put a forearm in the back um, when we're playing the post or vice versa? They can't. So, it's – it's. I mean, makes it I mean, – damn if you do, damn if you don't.
0: So what do we do in the final uh, Mountain West game of the day? Mountain West is 0-3 here in the first round, and the play-in isn't an auto play against because of what happened in the other game. San Diego State is 2 against Creighton. Keep in mind Creighton has a former Rebel commit Arthur Kaluma, who actually happens to be the brother of San Diego State's Adam Seiko. So what do we do, Curtis? Do we just assume these teams can't score? They can't play 40 minutes without getting tired? Do we just play against San Diego State? I mean, that's that's
2: very valid. That's a, that's a good that's a good thought process to have there. Uh, no, I I think San Diego State was the one team I had confidence in. Again, I don't know why I picked Boise. I was just <laughs> trying to be the good old guy and say, hey, we can do it. It was a terrible decision. Mountain West pride. Um, yeah, no, they, those these four teams are who I thought they were ultimately. But I think San Diego State is the best of them. Um, but I'm going to pick San Diego State just because as a program they've been there before, they've done it, they've got guys that know how to win. Um, and I think Dutcher's going to be able to get them over that finish line.
1: What I mean, this this San Diego. I just noticed North Carolina's up twenty. That's quite a first half for Marquette. Um, what what does this San Diego State team do that maybe we know what their identity of the past? We know how they've played in general. Is this team similar to you? Is it different? Uh, how does this How does this team look? Uh,
2: they're They're pretty They're pretty similar to who they are in the past. I think the one thing with this group is I think. Different than Malachi Flynn was with that group, even though they, they went 30-2, and two, but they, we didn't get to see them in the tournament. Um, he could really go out and kind of get his own bucket. But This team
0: is not as good offensively. No, 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 especially no. Especially no. because no. Matt Bradley is so inconsistent. There's, right. there's way too much dribbling and right. one-on-one play from Bradley. When they've had really good teams, they've actually had two and three guys right. who could shoot from deep. And also were end-of-the-shot clock guys. This team really doesn't. They have no. They've in got in my Matt mind. Bradley. They have one guy because Trey Polium just not consistent. No,
2: he's he's degressed so much in the last two years. To me personally, I mean, when he played that game at UNLV, he came out off the bench and scored like eighteen points, and he single handedly um, stopped him that game. But. Uh, I think Matt Bradley is the guy that he, he can get his own bucket in a different type, almost like an, in an NBA type of way in terms of he can kind of go ISO, he can get to the step back, he can kind of go post up in the short post if he wants to. Uh, but I think this team is, again, they're defensively, they, they're San Diego State, who they've always been. I think Nathan Mensa on the inside, if he can stay out of foul trouble, gives them an opportunity to just be in the game. Um, and, again, it's not so much that they can do it. It's my lack of faith in the opponent that they're playing against. Uh, Creighton, um, I just – it just, it's not the same crate that we've seen kind of in the past with their teams being able to kind of light it up offensively, I, I think San Diego State.
0: Want to talk about uh, about offense and defense? Adam, you might want to lead this because I already exploded during a break. Last night's game between Notre Dame and Rutgers, mm-hmm. what would you see? Uh, Notre Dame ran slip screens the entire game, right. and Rutgers, a good offensive team, had no idea what it was doing. So Notre Dame got in the lane so many freaking times, and had fifty plus points in the paint.
2: Oh yeah, they're three bigs. They dominated on the inside. I mean, the one guy had what? Did he finished with twenty eight or something, something ridiculous, something like
0: ninety five percent. Yeah, he was thirteen of
2: fifteen. I. And you talk about kind of let, let the kids decide it, right? I think that's a matter of where, um, again, the Rutgers guys, Coach Steve Peichel, he didn't didn't step up and make any adjustments. I mean, you have to step up and, and make some adjustments as what you see as the coach because these kids, as good as they are, they have no clue. And in, in the heat of the moment, they definitely don't know how to make those adjustments. But then with that said, offensively, Rutgers, at the, towards the end of the game, as good as Geo Baker was, I mean, making some shots – you have to call something at some point in the course of 50 minutes of basketball, especially the last four minutes when it's crunch time because you just hang them out to the dry. And you're lucky that Harper Jr. made that deep, deep three. But again, there was no offense called. I give Notre Dame credit. They kind of had some idea of what they wanted to execute offensively.
1: I think that's why they won. By the way, that Atkinson performance hurt both Steve and myself uh, because he should still be at Yale. And how good would the Bulldogs be if they still had Atkinson and Azar Swain coming into this tournament? He uh, he transferred. It was there was you know, Ivy didn't play last year, uh, so you know he he left while they were uh, not having a season. Now Yale makes it back to the tournament without him, and they could have been a real force uh, had he played. But you're 13 of 15, I believe he was from the field, which is just nuts. Didn't really have many answers, and a lot of that was, as you said, on on just the high pick and roll, diving into the basket, and then a lot of just little shots around the rim. It was he was good, but. Could have gone either way It
2: should never be that easy Especially at this point in the season I mean you're, you're talking about He was
0: 13 of 15 and it was Their two bigs combined Had 44 And they were 19 of 23 That's ridiculous That's un- I mean somebody's got against, be- against the top 25 Whatever they were Top 35 Ken Palm defense They just never made adjustments They could not figure it out So either there's they're either not top 25, 30 Or, <laughs> there <you> or, go. <laughs> or Ken Palm has no idea How to ma- calculate
2: numbers Would you guys
0: Would you guys fade Notre Dame Going cross country to San Diego Catching four
1: against Alabama Bama's a little inconsistent, like a lot of inconsistent. A, a lot of. I mean, I think I, I think the the problem with that is again, we talk about matchups. I might not necessarily do it, but Alabama's just going to run you to death. And maybe if there is any question about your legs, like that's a bad matchup to go up against for a team that's just going to go a hundred hundred miles an hour full court the whole time. They could wear them down. I think that could be an issue. But the, the other side of that, and we see it in tournaments all the time, not just the NCAA but conference tournaments when. A team has a game under their legs, it's a benefit. Even if you have to travel, it's a benefit to already kind of, you're settled into the tournament, you understand the atmosphere, you understand the stakes. Um, you know, I think those, th- those two issues could balance each other out. Richmond
0: knocks Iowa out. Final. Spiders move on 67 63.
3: Enjoy 77-cent Bud Light Bottles during Vegas Golden Knights games at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Stick around. More of Cofield and Company is on the way.
0: Brooks lunging attempt at the rebound, and a foul is called. It's a big one. Isaiah Stevens hits the deck, and that's the quota. Stevens has fifth foul. Eight points, five rebounds, four
3: assists. For
0: Isaiah Stevens, sad ending for Colorado State. Stevens fouled out. Roddy fouled out. Colorado State out to a big lead in the first half. Looked like I was going to say, looked like it was going to be an upset by the number, but not by the seed. I saw someone tweeted out something about Michigan pulling the upset <laughs> as an eleven over a six. They were two point favorites. So get it together, get it together. Uh, Stevens did not have a great game. He just heard for my eagle there in CBS eight points. And I'll I'll beat this drum one more time. I do think the Mountain West Conference super aggressive schedule, trying to squeeze in the COVID games in February, affected certain teams. And I you know I'll throw something else out there. And I really am objective on this because I didn't I didn't think Bryce Hamilton was the play, a player of the year. Curtis Curtis Terry's with us, former Rebel here at Silver Sevens. I didn't think Bryce was the player of the year. I didn't have a problem with Roddy, but I got to tell you their exit game from the Mountain West Conference tournament, and then this game today. Ronnie disappointed me in the fact that he, I think he faded, drifted outside way too much. Like, dude, you're explosive. You're 255 pounds. You're almost like Barkley-esque. Get Hunter Dickinson off the floor by freaking smashing an elbow in his face and forcing contact. You li- do you like his outside game? When they, re- I know, I know he's a 47% three point shooter, but it's like. Dude, you gotta go for it. This is the end of the road. I don't know if I'd call him I mean explosive is a. I <clears throat> I don't know if I would term him explosive. Oh, I think he can be. I, I don't think he shows enough. He I'll tell you what, Adam, were you at the Mountain West Conference semis? Yeah. He had a baseline dunk, and maybe it's because of the, the perspective I had. He had a baseline dunk, and I was sitting on the baseline on the one end of the floor, and he got an opening. He jumped so freaking high and threw it like kind of one of those where he was like even with the rim and just yep. you know, slammed it down. All right. I think he I think he shies away from contact sometimes. Because he's planning on being a perimeter player at the next level. Well, he—if oh, I, I was that big, I would love contact. I'd eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
2: Um, I'm gonna have to look at the tape to see him at eye level with the rim. Because I still—I don't know if if I, if I see him as being explosive. Um, but I think that what you just said is the problem. Seeing himself at the next level as a wing player, I have a hard time seeing him at the next level as a as a wing player because his lateral quickness is good when it's against guys that are his size or bigger. But against guys that are, that are true guards or true wings, he doesn't have the ability to stay in front of them. So he's not going to be able to guard the ball. Um, he's not a very good passer, in my opinion, and he's limited off the bounce. So you're, you're talking about like comparable like to, to Draymond Green kind of size-wise, I guess you would say. Draymond is is much more explosive, in my opinion, than you would say uh, is Roddy. But just the ability to play off the bounce, but Draymond can guard multiple spots. I don't see Roddy can't sit down and guard a point guard. Draymond Green can uh, Draymond Green is also nasty enough and a-hole enough to be able to go inside and bang on the big guys. Whereas Roddy, like you just said, he won't go in there with Hunter Dickinson. And Hunter Dickinson is not nearly as big as those guys you're going to see in the league.
1: Well, Roddy's a really good passer, but Draymond is an amazing passer.
2: We're right. And I think but yes. you if you're undersized, you have to be amazing right. at multiple things to make up for your lack of size. Um, but I think, again, that's the problem with some of these guys. They say, man, I was a second-team All-American. I was the conference player of the year. We got a sixth seed. I mean, I've got to try to prove that I can do these things that they say I can't. And that's where you lose who you are because, again, the beauty of of Roddy was that he could do a little bit of everything. wasn't great at anything but do a little bit of everything and keep you on your toes. But once he started to try specifically to be a perimeter player, you kind of lose your edge. And then your team loses its edge. And as you saw, they kind of faded down the stretch um, in in terms of not making it to the the Mountain West Conference Championship and then, again, having a big lead on Michigan. But then they definitely faded very, very fast.
0: Let's talk about UNLV and what this roster is going to look like. Next year. I will make the case. I, I think they need three impact players out of the transfer portal who already are, you know, putting up numbers of, like, nine to 11 points a game or have the upside of doing that if they're at a power five and maybe they're not playing, you know, more than a seventh man role. Am I overstating it that they need three impact guys out of the portal? It, def- it
2: depends on how you def- I'm a big definition of how you define impact. I mean, like – Coming into this past season, would you would you describe Donovan Williams as an impact guy? Coming into the portal and then coming out of the portal,
0: yes, that type of guy. Okay, I mean, he, he exceeded expectations for sure. He, I would say. he was a high level recruit. Right, he averaged really nothing and got very little playing time at Texas. Right. He came out had an explosive middle of the season and wound up finishing averaging around twelve points a game and was the media six man of the year. Yeah, I I think that's an impact guy.
2: Yeah, and see, I think you can get you can get two or three of those guys for sure. Um, I just don't know if you're if people are going to expect you're going to come out and, and again I don't I have no idea what they're doing with recruiting, but I think you're not going to come out and get guys that put up twenty points a game or eighteen points a game, um, just because of the landscape of where where do they want to be and again what are their plans after
0: the stop? Um, but like I think there are like there are probably you don't think there's 8, 10, 12, you know Matt Bradley types who can come into a program and average seventeen a game?
2: Yeah, but there's very few of them. I just, I mean, and Matt Bradley transferred down. He came from, I mean, coming from the Pac-12, that, it, that it, is unique. A very, very bad Pac-12 yeah. team, and going to the best team in the Mountain West Conference. Um, I just, it's again, I think you've got to find the right pieces. And, and everybody talked about how, like uh, Justin Webster, he how he put up 13 points a game when he was at Hawaii the year before he came in. He didn't do it right away, but he's a guy who next year, I think, coming off the bench right away, he's going to light it up. He knows what his role is. He's going to come in and shoot the ball every time. He's going to be guy that's going to be instant offense off your bench, going to get you 10 consistently. But I think it's about Kevin Kruger going to have to build this program out. And you talk about uh, uh, just who they're going to put together. I think you got to have a point guard. Obviously, if you get Jordan McKay back, I think losing Royce Ham is going to be huge. you got to get another big as, as good as David Muoka is and his, pro- his progress but you've got to get someone that's going to replace the Bryce Hamilton scoring. Now, you're not going to get it in one fell swoop, but if you can get two or three guys collectively that can do it and they continue to be a defensive team, I think you're going to build on the guys and their impacts of what they had offensively this year to next year, just being more comfortable, understanding their role, and kind of having that family unity of what they're trying to build.
1: How like, how long in your – I mean, that's, that's what college basketball is now, is every year redoing the roster, figure it out. Like, that's where we are. But how long do you think, like, I, I, I want to be careful of, like, not you not speaking for Kevin. I know you talked you talk to Kevin and know. Like, how long do you think he's cool, like, every year doing the, doing that much work on a roster?
2: I don't know if anybody's ever really that cool with it. I mean, yeah. look at Calipari. I mean, they have to do it too when they lose yeah. all these one and done guys, and even now more so when you got guys that are transferring. Um, I don't think you want to. And I think what I've always heard, and what I've when I mean, I've had conversations with coaches, not just at UNLV but at other schools, it's about finding the good balance of underclassmen um, that are developing, high school kids that are coming in, and then make sure you get one or two kind of impact guys that are transfers that can keep kind of keep it keep it stable, keep it afloat. But at the, there's no perfect science to it, um, especially in the day and age now, because if you have success, that means somebody else is going to try to take somebody off your team and try to move them to their program so they can have success there, uh, kind of like you talk about with Oregon and, and the guys at Rutgers. Um, but it's it's a very fine line, but it's – it's again, I'm not, I'm glad I'm not in that position because I can only imagine having to put all your faith in those kind of kids uh, to be able to day in and day out come out and be productive and successful when it's going to be basing on your, your job and your paychecks.
0: I might have some more on UNLV in a couple minutes, but I think it's important we hit on a couple of NBA topics with Curtis – he knows the league. His brother played in the league. All right, guys. Now what? Your Warriors, Adam. That's not good. I Steph knows. Curry. What's going on?
1: He'll be all right. He'll be all right. Tell people what happened. Negative is a foot injury. Negative X-rays. He'll be out a little bit, but um, the the reason this is this sucks is not. I mean, obviously the season's not going to be over. He'll be back at some point, and they'll go ahead and play uh, and play very well. But literally Monday was the first game that the big three of Steph and Clay and Draymond were on the floor together since the finals in 2019. It was the first game they played together on Monday. And then Steph gets hurt in the next game. So uh, it sucks. They'll, they'll be fine. They'll get it together and uh, make a run. My dubs will be just fine. And by the way, I was up in the Bay Area this weekend. And uh, if you remember... I fell in love with this team, but nobody cared about them. When I was buying club level seats for seventy five dollars at the Chase Center, ooh. Uh, I looked for those seats on Saturday because I was up in the Bay Area. I paid seventy five the last couple of times I went. Thirty eight hundred dollars for a game. It was Milwaukee. Oh my gosh! But the seats that I was paying seventy five dollars for that year that I was living up there are now like thirty or thirty thirty six thirty eight hundred dollars. On Saturday, so apparently everybody is on the bandwagon now, and uh, it's not just me steering that ship for Dub Nation. I don't know what happened. Oh, I got a couple guys back. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So tell me this
2: though: what do you, do you have a gripe like like Steve Kerr does with, with Marcus Smart in
1: terms of the, the play that well, he, that he injury- came out after? He was like, you know, I, we're okay. I mean, it did look yeah, like he. But dove, what, you, what is your thoughts? It did look like he dove low, but that's I mean, he was just playing. He was just playing hard. I that's have no does.
2: problem with that. Yeah, they say. I mean, the first one on the floor, I mean, is going to win. Yeah. Um, and in that case, if Steph, if you dive on the floor, you don't get hurt. But you're you're too you're too pretty, you're too cute to do that. <laughs> and Marcus Smart plays hard all the time, so you can't be mad at him for playing hard because yeah. that's what he does all the time. And knowing that, you should have either a dove or B got out the way. Yeah. So I mean, I have no problem. Again, with it.
1: Kurt, Kurt was was furious at the time. Uh, he did say after the game, he's like, you know what, I he, he coached him in the uh, World Cup, I believe it was. Uh, he said, we talked, and I get it. I get what he was doing. He's like, I, I was emotional because I saw Steph get hurt. But he, he backed out a little bit from that.
2: Yeah, rightfully so. But, I mean, because you're, you're talking. He's got up,
1: Draymond. What is he going to say? I know. How can you be mad <laughs> about that? <laughs> <he>
2: but, does? <laughs> but you, like, coaches and college, I remember Long Kruger talking about being the first one. The first one on the floor doesn't get hurt. Like, because if you don't dive, you're you're liable to get rolled up on or to, to get taken out. But again you've got to not everybody is tough enough to take that, that that dive on the floor and not everybody really wants to win or cares that much that that much each possession and I will give Marcus Smart that as much as people may not like him um, he does he does like to go to the floor a lot he plays mostly, but he plays mostly diving he but he plays the game how it's supposed to be played in my opinion now sometimes there's some questionable things
1: but the the flops that's how it's supposed to be played
2: at this day and age yeah i mean Listen, some people I love say Marcus so
1: Smart, but he does flop a lot I don't think that's how it's supposed to be played. I mean, it's
2: called gamesmanship.
1: Sure. Okay. Because again, the refs—they're
2: going to sometimes they're going to they're going to fall for if you bait them into a call. I mean, that's shame on you.
1: What man. about what about the the head snap? Not of Marcus Martin. I'm saying in general, is that the way the game supposed to be played? No. I hate that because again, it that's, is the worst. It's yeah. the worst thing ever.
2: And they talk. Then they they try to clean up the the, 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 the I mean the, the flopping right yeah, on they don't on, call it on fouls and stuff. Yeah, they don't anymore. call it.
1: I'll
0: give you the guy who does it, and it's every time there's contact, I. If you watch tape, he does it fifteen to eighteen times a game. That's Steven Ashworth at Utah State. Every time someone bumps him. That's, you, That's an objection every you game. He might, might just be that little and slight. Nah. <laughs> it's because guy I mean I could be like kids these days, because officials have rewarded that in the past, so kids have learned that's part of the game.
2: And I will say that's one issue that I do have in terms of them trying to kind of like unify the way that the game of basketball is played across all levels. That you don't, like, you allow people in the college ranks to get away with the flopping and the kicking out of the legs. But in the NBA, they can't, they, they don't allow those calls anymore. And that's where these kids are getting it from. So I think you need to unify that in terms of being able to flop. Um, and to kind of lean into, into 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 defenders to get those foul calls on the shots, because again, that it just it kills runs. It happened to Jordan McCabe, I think, against Michigan. Maybe even um, he he got baited into one of those. But those are the things where it's it's a situation where it's I get it as gamesmanship, but either we're going to call the game one way and make it consistent, or or we're not, because then there's a lot of gray area, and I think that's where a lot of coaches
0: and players get upset. Boy, who had Marquette advancing in the field and pulling off some upsets after this game against North Carolina? Good luck, Tar Heels up. 53-25 at the break and on the way back we'll talk more about the brackets is Gonzaga a one in some jeopardy here who wants to put money down in the second half who wants to put their money down Zaga only up two on Georgia State 35-33
3: Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co Cofield and, Co-fied Co-fied and, company. and
0: Company Big 3 short it grazes the rim Roddy tried to gather foul is called so Colorado State had a last gasp there 16.8 they got the steal couldn't get the three and now Michigan will shoot free throws Roddy has fouled out David Roddy out Isaiah Stevens out they fouled out Colorado State out Wyoming out Boise out Curtis Terry's here former UNLV player part of the UNLV broadcast team on radio Adam Hill, here is Silver 7, 77-cent beers at their two bars, Bud Light Lounge and the Silver and Gold Bar, and uh, we're going to get out of here a little early, we're on early, we're on until 4 o'clock, but we're going to get out at 4, ESPN Las Vegas, will have the NCAA games, if you're looking for the games right now, they're over on our sister station, we have a 4 station, 12.30 a.m., we have a lot of local NCAA tournament ties to mention, First of all, I do want to throw out there, Wyoming lost. I thought Graham Ike had a good game in the second half and finished a little better. I do have to give one more pat on the back to Royce Ham, who played him straight up in two games and did a tremendous job defensively. Because Ike is good. He is a national-level big man.
2: Yeah, he is. I mean, he, he he put up the numbers. I mean, he was averaging twenty and ten this year to to, to back it up. And Royce uh, handled them without doubles most of the time, pretty yeah. well. Yeah. And Royce again, Royce doesn't doesn't get enough credit for what he did. I mean, and obviously it's known what who he had to play behind in terms of five draft picks coming out of Texas. That's why he didn't play there. Um, but again, uh, you got to give credit to Royce, and uh, we'll give a big happy birthday twenty third birthday shout out to Mr. Royce Ham today is his birthday. Uh, so I mean, in the one year he was here as a Rebel, he did he did a great job and, and definitely made some strides. It's
0: also the birthday of uh, Utah State's Justin Bean. Uh, he's twenty five and he'll be back next year. <laughs> I think he's coming back. We, where, talk, we, where talked go? To, we talked to a Colorado State guy yesterday, and every every one of the people we bring on who cover these other teams they, they you know they're into the team a little bit. Um, I was saying to him I'm like, Roddy and Stevens are done right? They're both pro basketball players. He's like, no, I think they're both coming back." I'm like, yeah, what don't, say? Do, I mean where you pro where?" Well, I mean, this is the whole question, Curtis. Uh, pro where? I mean, I think Bryce Hamilton's better than both, but is Bryce yeah. getting right into the NBA? It's starting your pro career. Well, well,
2: well, it's Bryce Hamilton's got a much better shot making, to be an NBA player than those two guys. And they also,
1: think? I mean, d- depending on what they're doing up there, I mean, you might make more in, in, in NIL than you would yes. playing in Europe or something like that. That's a good point. And so, I mean, bl- it does change the dynamic.
2: And let's be real, I played professionally overseas, and, I, and unless things change, my dream was to, to be a professional basketball player, but it was never to play professionally overseas.
1: Right. It's also, it's also a, tough, it's a tough time to go to Europe, too. Yes, Ooh, man. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. yeah. So that could mm-hmm. shut things down. Yeah. Right? All right. Yeah, we're, I don't know where Justin Bean would go, so.
0: Oh, no, no. I, I wasn't making the case for him. I was making the case for Isaiah no, no, Stevens, I and,
1: I mean, Justin Bean
0: would play somewhere. He's only 25. He is going to be 25, oh, I'm pretty man. sure, yeah. And he has, a, he has another year because of the COVID year. So on the <laughs> younger end. Michigan, one of the stories that I, I, I was a really nice development today. Their point guard's out. Frankie Collins, a local kid,
1: hasn't gotten a whole lot of playing time consistently. He had a really good game today, Adam. And needing him, too. As you mentioned, a little short-handed and he has to be pushed into to bigger minutes and responded. I think he had 14, uh, but really quality points, too. They came in key situations uh, and act- and you know gave them minutes that they needed in terms of steadying things a little bit um, on both ends of the floor and uh, I know there was a lot of concern for Michigan especially early in the game where it looked like there was kind of no direction but uh, they just kind of waited out those three pointers that Colorado State eventually started missing and uh, Michigan took over the game but yeah big effort by him and you know local kid that got away but Having some success at a very, very good program.
2: Yeah, you got to give a shout out to Frankie Collins. I mean, when he came in um, it, that stretch late in the first half, he kind of gave him that shot in the arm. I know he had a basket driving to the uh, basket, driving to the hoop with a finger roll and one. Um, and then that next possession, he he picked uh, David Roddy at half court, clean Went, goes down and, and dunks. Um, but he's that kind of player, kind of like similar to Keyshawn Gilbert. Um, in terms of a guy that can change the game with just their effort and their, and their energy and their defense. Um, and so I'm not saying that Keyshawn's going to lead him to a, a, a second round <laughs> next year in the NCAA tournament, but just the same type of player who's gritty, who will climb up in your jockstrap defensively. Um, and so, again, shout-out to, to Frankie Collins because um, he, he definitely had success here in Las Vegas, and now he's, he's doing it on the national stage.
1: Keyshawn Gilbert's fun because something is going to happen. Not always going to be good, but something's always going to happen when he gets on the floor. Oh, yeah. You want to be there for that. He makes, he makes things happen. How does he get better on offense? Because
0: while he was great on defense, he, he does a lot of things on offense that uh, make, make things harder for him. He, well, For starters, he better be in the
2: gym right now getting jump shots up. Yeah. Um, he's probably not, but that's okay because he probably got an early workout in this morning. But I would say for him, he's a guy who, who in high school, he was just so much better physically and athletically than guys. To where he would get the ball in transition he's going coast to coast and get into the basket or off a of pick and roll he split the defense getting into the basket so really why work at stuff if you don't if you don't have to if they're not going to force me to, to use it why would i and so i think for him it's going to be a matter of he made a lot of strides he would he learn how to make the extra pass throughout the course of the season but i think for him it's going to be able to knock down that jump shot consistently um, whether that's coming off a of pick and roll and pulling up but also just catch and shoot threes on swing passes or kickouts from the post um, and then, again, I think just that ball handling. But I think for him playing behind Jordan McCabe was huge just to be able to see how to run a team, kind of how to, how to get your guys in position. Um, and I think for him the fact that Kevin Kruger's is his coach. I mean, Kevin was an all-conference uh, basketball player in the Mountain West as well as the Pac-12, so I think he's, he's in good hands in terms of learning under a good point guard.
0: Gonzaga's 52-50 now in a 116 game in the second half against Georgia State. And it's not like Georgia State is bombing from three or has some fluky numbers or even on the boards. Like they're playing a pretty even game. Julian Strather, another local, foul trouble in the first half. So he's only got three points. Timmy's already got 20. Holmgren, uh, 11 rebounds, seven points. We were just talking about Strather next level. What are your thoughts, NBA? Uh, well, I,
2: it's hard to say because I think some of these guys that get drafted high, I, I don't see it sometimes. But I will say the one thing that, that Julian Strother does has does have is just, he's got the physical tools, right? I mean, he's, he's got the size. Um, he, he's clearly got the, 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 he understands the nuances of the game of basketball. Um, and I would say the one thing, and kind of me and Adam were talking about this off air, I think, I think at times he can kind of disappear throughout their offense. Now, obviously they've got Nemhard, they've got Timmy, they've got Holmgren. So it's easy to kind of just be, it's okay to disappear at times when you're surrounded by that many people. Uh, but the one thing I would look for, and, and for him not having Jalen Suggs here anymore, Uh, for this tournament run would be to be uber aggressive offensively um, and to make it be known that you're out there on the floor in a threat because then that's just going to free up everybody else and if they have someone that's putting it on the floor and attacking triple threat from the wing um, I think that's the one thing that's going to shine for him and make him shine brighter make their team even better on this tournament run but again I think he's got the physical tools but I I think a lot of the times they they, they're drafting on potential and he he clearly is, is oozing some potential from that from that that, that that three-man position.
1: Easy with calling it a tournament run. They're up two with 14 minutes. Here I against, meant like I meant against.
2: just like what could happen <laughs> yeah. here moving forward.
1: <laughs> no, I know. Uh, definitely close, though. Gonzaga came out, and I, you know, I I was impressed with what they did offensively. They came out of the gates with five out of their first six possessions. They got wide-open layups and scored all of them. Uh, so they started to take control of the game a little bit, but Georgia State has rallied right back. They're staying in it. They're not backing down, which is what you would expect from a team that – was drastically under uh, They, Again, the committee says that they take things into account, but Georgia State went through a season where they were just beat up, injured all over the place. As a full-strength team, they're probably a 12, uh, which is what they are now at the end of the year, finally, with their whole team together. But the committee sometimes takes that into consideration, sometimes doesn't. They give them a 16, which, I mean, you might say it doesn't matter. It matters – because it's not fair to a one seed, like it's really not fair to a one seed to play a team that should not be a sixteen seed in the first round of the tournament. But that's what they have to—that's what they're tasked with doing today.
2: You mentioned, and I don't know if you guys hit on this or going to, but I'm going to jump into because I'm curious. You talk about the the committee and their process and how they pick. I mean, Buzz Williams obviously went on his big rant the <laughs> other day, right? Um, <laughs> an understandable kind of to a degree, but. I have an issue with it kind of being unknown and kind of behind the veil of how they select the teams and who's actually in what position and how they seed them because it there should be some transparency, but again, there nobody knows what goes into that process. Do you have any issue with that, Adam? Um, oh,
1: I've, I've said a long time. I want it to be on TV. I want it to be a pay-per-view. Oh, you, you have a camera in the room, and you see everything that goes on, and if you want to watch it 24 hours a day or however long they're in that room, anytime anybody watch, walks in that room, camera goes on, I would love that. I think it would be great. But I find it very rich that a major conference program, a major conference coach, is complaining about how the committee does things uh, when for years the small guy had no chance and got completely screwed in this process. And now it's the major coach that's like, whoa, what is going on here? Yeah. How does it feel, bro?
2: I'm with you. I think that would be fun if they make it a, a 4 TV event. Oh, but I, I think the thing is, I think I don't think they spend as much time on this as they say they do. No. Um, and, and the fact that there are like all these different metrics and your Ken Palm and your net and your what do the but nobody really knows what those mean. And like the average Joe couldn't sit down and because I can barely calculate a checkbook or or, <laughs> or, or or I mean it's because that's what my wife does it. But it's <laughs> how, how do these all things factor in? Because sometimes you're high, sometimes you're low. But it doesn't matter where where you fit in. It's
0: just it's hey luck of the draw and you're in or you're out. Curtis, what do you got coming up? What are you doing uh, for the next few months until basketball's back? Well, it's not gone, so we got the NBA, and then we got the Summer League. You know, that was a stupid lead-in. That was terrible. Basketball <laughs> goes all the way through July. Uh, we got the draft coming up, the finals coming up, the Summer League coming up, so... You have no time off. That's the answer.
2: Yeah, no. I'm going to be watching a lot of basketball like I did starting this morning at 9 o'clock. laid <laughs> there for a long time watch a lot of hoops. I'll be doing that for the next three weeks. Uh, but, no, just spending some time with the family, working on me. Um, it was a trying year for me personally, um, so I just want to be a better person. Um, but hopefully spending some time with you guys if possible, then uh, seeing what, what Coach Kevin Krueger could do for these Rebels for next year.
0: Yeah, of course. We want you uh, on as much as possible, and we appreciate you coming down and spending an hour here at Silver 7s We'll come back for another hour. We'll do a uh, big five at three and get into all that Raiders news as the Raiders got, uh, well, Raiders fans got disappointing news on Allen Robinson. Uh, He will not be joining this club in Las Vegas.
3: Sign up for an A Play card and unlock some great food specials at the Sterling Spoon Cafe at Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino.